LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins. That was a little too exciting. <laughs> it's because this is that. part two. It is part two. <laughs> yeah, we are re-recording the first three minutes of this podcast. Which piece. was epic. It was. It was fun. It was so fun. we're going we to promise to still have fun. Well, yeah, we're going to try to recycle every single joke. <laughs> the voices you hear that sound so amazing in your ears right now are Daniel M. Hello, hello. And Drew Dick. And if you hello. like leadership, the Twitters, the social medias, the reading, then you know, uh, then then you know who he is. The English, the English. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Drew is the managing editor at, um, well, editor at Moody Publishers, former managing editor at Leadership Journal, and that's where I first encountered him. I'm looking at the back of his book, and I just remember this little cartoony, sketched-up version of of Drew. That man. I don't know who got who did that for you, but you looked incredibly stoic. Ooh. Yeah, I look a little thuggish, I think. A little mean. <laughs> kind of the dead eyes uh, look, but I'm hoping that it's cool, right? So, yeah. You know, so I always enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so I always enjoyed your uh, your commentary and your introduction to uh, Leadership Journal. Why, why did that Thank magazine you. go away? Man, it was a casualty of our time, I, I'm oh, afraid, okay. because, yeah, we had a lot of loyal readers, but eventually yeah. the, the finances just didn't make sense yeah. for a print journal. Um, and so I think our last issue was 2016. There is, yeah. I should say, uh, still a healthy online component, which is just ctpastors.com. Okay. Uh, and I'm a contributing editor still with them and have a small role writing some newsletters, editing some articles. But, yeah, a lot of great resources there still. Uh, you know, I didn't realize that transition happened. I mean, literally, Leadership Journal was my favorite magazine journal. Oh man, it That's was awesome. it was really good. Now, be honest though, so, was yeah. were the cartoons your favorite part? <laughs> it was the article. They're, they're amusing. Here yeah, there, it's kind of like the New Yorker, right? You kind of flip through. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll get to the articles, but really, come on, you're you're scanning yeah. for cartoons. <laughs> All right, so Drew is the author of a brand new book. Your future self will thank you. Secrets we will get to, to the five questions. This yes. is important. Yes, it We're is. practicing <laughs> self-control right now. Secrets to self-control from the Bible and brain science. And there's a picture of a cute little pug, a black pug right. with cookies on the front. Yeah. So yeah, was that your you idea? you said something kind of negative about pugs. We might offend yeah, some I, of I'm the one that said owners. something. I'm like, it's a, he said a dog. And I'm like, a pug is not a dog. They are. No, the, no. I think they're the what, dog what family. Is, I mean, if we're going to get scientific, yes, yes, they are in the dog family. They are idiots because <laughs> <laughs> they don't know when they're full. They can eat themselves to death, but they are darn yeah. cute little dogs. And they like the turkey for, for my book dog. on self control. If they have no self control, <laughs> that makes an awful lot of sense. I wish I could say I knew that before the decision was made to put one on the cover, but I did not. Mm. So maybe the graphic artist, it was like a, it was like a deeper meaning. They were just kind of, right. they were going, they were super artistic in that. Yes. I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. Why don't you tell our listeners? No. no. You Are you going to go one. on the dogs? No, you skipped one. We found out Daniel, cause you said something about chocolate chip cookies and he said, actually they're not chocolate chip cookies. 
They're cookies yeah, with raisins. They're oatmeal that's cookies. That's an unfortunate truth. Yeah, the cookies. So so if you're not <laughs> looking at the cover, it's got this this dog, this uh, pug peeking over a counter at a plate of, of what I thought were chocolate chip cookies. Turns out someone kind of zoomed in on it. It turns out they're raisin, which, okay. which is pretty but awful. But you know what? But, you know, honestly, to us, the chocolate chip cookie would be better. But to a dog, chocolate is poisonous to dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's good, another good deeper point. meaning. And oatmeal has a lot of fiber. <laughs> and if you're eating a lot and you're a pug and you have a little okay. short body. Whoever the graphic designer <laughs> here that. is seriously next level. No kidding. Give a lot level. of they are. Except it's a Getty image. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Not the cool Gettys, the ones that make like conferences and sing a lot and talk in cool accents. Right. Yeah. Oh, hey, I am incorrect. I'm looking at the oh, copyright uh-oh. picture, the copyright uh, page, and it says it's a French bulldog. No. Oh, oh, you know what? I think Maybe. I did because I think someone said, yeah, that's like a French bulldog. It's really hard to tell, though, because you just got the yeah, eyes and no the joke. ears. Okay. Okay. So anyway. maybe he's a couple steps up. Okay. All right. So, so I think we've successfully great re- book. You should read it. Covered all our because it has <laughs> sixty two books he read while researching, fourteen interviews, one hundred ninety two footnotes, and I'm reading his Twitter feed right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Going, so man, either you're reading my Twitter feed or you have a really good memory. But <laughs> so I Drew, tell us anyway. a little bit about your book. I'm about halfway through and I'm really enjoying it. So before we get into our questions, just tell our audience a bit about your book. Yeah, sure. So I, I wish I could say I was drawn to the topic uh, purely out of academic interest. Uh, but the truth is, it was uh, an area in, in which I realized that I had some room to grow and self-control. Um, and it's not that I was out there doing anything especially sinister, but I just realized as I look back on my life, you know, when it came to just basic spiritual disciplines, like trying to read my Bible every day or pray consistently or, or stick to a diet or an exercise regimen. You know, I just realized that I was failing over and over again. Um, and it wasn't that I lacked the knowledge, you know, I knew that these things were important and I should do them, but the truth was it was just a lack of self-control. So initially I was just kind of researching, of course, looking at what scripture has to say about the topic reading other Christian writers, and then looking at it from a scientific perspective. And at the outset, I was really just researching for myself to kind of, you know, see how I could shore up in this area. Uh, And then all of a sudden, at some point, I realized, you know what, this is kind of interesting. I think maybe this could be a book project. So it kind of morphed into a book. And I guess my hope is that it's as helpful to other people as it has been to me. So there's kind of the genesis of the project, if you will, and my little pitch for it. All right. Well, let's get into it. Obviously, you did do a great deal of uh, research for this book, but who are you currently learning from these days? Hmm. Who am I currently learning from these days? Wow. Um, That's pretty broad. Let me think. I'm looking over here at a stack of books that I'm currently reading. You know, one thing that that is a little off topic, but I'm reading uh, Matthew Kamink's book, on Christian hospitality and Muslim immigration. And part of the reason I'm doing that is because we had a lovely Muslim family move in next door to us um, and they're immigrants as well. And so we've been getting to know them a little bit. um, And I'm just kind of wanting to understand, you know, how to relate to them and their world a little more. So I'm doing that. Yeah. Um, What what are your takeaways so far on that? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, right. It's just, you know, I mean, there's just, it's more of an academic read. Um, So it's not like, you know, super, super practical, but it's just a great kind of 
um, primer for uh, understanding Christian and Muslim relationships. One of the things that I'm taking away is that we have a lot in common. You know, it's a uh, you think that we're so radically different, but of course, uh, we're monotheistic. Uh, a lot of common uh, points when it comes to morality um, and, and different issues. And so uh, a lot of opportunity for fruitful conversations and relationships. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. What, what else? What else? Let me take a look over at my my stack. I'm reading The Gospel Driven Church uh, by Jared Wilson. I love it, too. It's just kind of a you guys have maybe seen this one, uh, a little mm-hmm. bit of a pushback against the seeker sensitive uh, kind of model of ministry. Um, and I think that's that's a book that's that's long overdue. So I kind of appreciate his his redemptive critique of a lot of the ways that we do ministry. Um, I'm trying to get some more fiction into my diet these days too. So I'm reading uh, Godric by Frederick Beekner, who's just a master uh, writer. So I got to get a Beekner plug in there. Enjoying that. Um, <laughs> I have no sorry, idea yeah, what that just, sound effect was. That was the Muppets. Do you remember him on the Muppets? <laughs> he was one of my favorite characters. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Beaker. I, Beaker. I take it as a positive noise. I don't know. It, it sounded like kind of a. Do you, I, do you know what I'm talking thing. about? No. It's late in the day. Did you watch <laughs> the Muppets? Come on, Drew. Oh, the Muppets. Yeah, and we had them in Canada, right, Daniel? Yeah. Remember yeah. the 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 guy with red hair and the lab coat? That that's the only sound he made. <laughs> you know, it's been okay. so long. Yeah, I have yeah. big recollections. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. By Sorry, way, I was a philosophy really major. So, Canadianism. Mm, yeah. Somebody out there thought it was hilarious. The rest of you, hopefully. So, <laughs> mm, I'm, so I'm, I'm sorry. Go are back you, and watch them. Are you a podcast guy, Drew? Do you like listening to podcasts? Yes, I am. Yeah. And of course, I got to say that I'm on a podcast right now, but it's true. And I've <laughs> recently no. gotten into it. And part of the problem is I don't have a commute. So now when I go out for like my run in the afternoon, I listen to a podcast. So man, yeah, don't get me started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, other than the five leadership questions podcast, (laughs) of course, top of the list, (laughs) obviously. So yeah, one I I listen to pretty regularly is the Holy Post with Sky Jatani, Phil Vischer. I don't know if you've heard of that one. That's great. Um, uh, Listen to one recently um, called The Dream, all about MLMs, multi-level marketing. Which was fascinating and horrifying. I'm <laughs> um, sure it is. So it's kind of like an inside yeah. look. Yeah, exactly. And going back to the, the historical roots and the the ideas that that kind of paved the way for MLMs in America. And um, this this girl who's the host uh, goes back to her hometown where she grew up. That's now kind of like a ghost town because all the industry's gone and all these people that are desperate and really needing hope are falling prey to these MLMs. Anyway, highly recommend it. Very interesting. Uh, what else? I, I, I did. I listened to that one about uh, the the founder of Thanos, uh, Elizabeth Holmes, I believe. The yeah. dropout. Another fascinating one, just about the crazy levels of narcissism and <laughs> deception, uh, and how someone with a little bit of chutzpah and um, uh, narcissism can bilk people out of billions of dollars. So another mm-hmm. interesting one, a good one for leaders, especially to listen She's to the as one a cautionary that, uh, tale. Patterned herself after jobs, right? Exactly. Right. Kind of styled herself as the female Steve jobs. Um, and a lot of people fell for it when 
the technology she was touting was basically a total fiction. So I won't <laughs> give any more spoilers, but. <laughs> All right. Wow. That's awesome. So uh, in your leadership today and with your team, what, what, what's your main point of emphasis? Yeah. So my focus is really church leaders, right? So that's what I'm thinking about acquiring um, books for and usually by church leaders um, and then doing the same thing in my limited role with CT pastors, um, articles that, that are going to build up the church. And so, yeah, that's my role. And I, I, I really see people that are in ministry as the ones that are on the front lines, they're in the trenches. And my role is to, you know, create the resources, uh, that, that, that are going to help them, equip them, encourage them. So I'm definitely kind of, uh, you know, I'm part of the team, but I'm the backup. <laughs> that's how I see my role. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I know there's probably some of our listeners who are listening in and they're like, wow, I mean, I would love to write a book. What advice would you give them, especially because you're in this world? Right. Do it. You know, I mean, I do, I, I talk to a lot of people um, and, you know, sometimes they'll be like, I got this book idea. I want to write a book. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, what's the idea? And, oh, that sounds good. Have you ever written an article? No, I don't want to do that. Have you ever blogged? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not into that. <laughs> so if you're one of those folks, I'd say, hey, listen, come on, get in some reps, uh, test your ideas yeah. out on, on real readers, first of all, in a shorter format, and then maybe try to graduate to writing a book length uh, project. Uh, but no, I'd, I'd say go for it. It's it, it's a um, you never know. And of course, there are all the horror stories about how hard it is to break in. But the truth is, you know, online now, everyone's discoverable. You can you can contact uh, people like me, acquisitions editors, and pitch them an idea. And you just never know if it's a good enough idea and your execution is good. You're a good writer. Um, and of course that takes practice and, and, uh, you know, doing it a lot. Um, then, then it's absolutely possible to publish a book. And, and then of course that's not the end of the road because then you got to get out there and pound the pavement and, and, and promote your book as well. Uh, but I, I highly recommend it. I've done it three times now and have found it a gratifying and enriching experience. Oh, very good. So what are one or two things other than read the Bible? Uh, what are one <laughs> or two things that you have to do every day to stay sharp as a leader? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit because one of them is read the Bible. Um, <laughs> but one of, one of my struggles, and actually I talk about this in the book, um, comes with how I start my day. So in the past, you know, my, my default when I'd wake up first thing in the morning, or roll out of bed and I'd reach for my phone on my nightstand. Right. Um, and I really wanted to break myself of that habit and found it so difficult to do. It was surprisingly difficult. Like I'd go to sleep and think, okay, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to read, um, scripture. That's how I'm going to start my day in God's word. That's re really what I wanted to do. Um, and yet I'd find myself just reflexively like reaching for my phone and not getting on the Bible app, but getting on Twitter or Facebook or jumping into my emails. Um, and so finally what I had to do is, is put the, the phone on the other side of the room, grab my big black Bible out of retirement, plunk it down on the nightstand. And now I'm conditioned to reach for that Bible rather than my phone. So it's kind of a small little change that's made a big difference in my life. But I find like, even if I start my day with, with scripture and a short time of prayer, and I'm talking like five minutes, like even that makes such a huge difference in the rest of my day when it comes to how I interact with other people, even my productivity at work goes up. And it's interesting because as I researched for my book, I found all these fascinating studies on how prayer is what they call a keystone habit that actually 
exerts a positive influence across the spectrum of your life. And as Christians, of course, we're not surprised by that, but I've really found it to be true in my own. So starting the day with those basic spiritual disciplines of Bible reading and prayer have, have um, been really helpful in my life. Good, good. Yeah, that's really good. So when you look at leadership in your home, uh, what is, what does that look like? What tell, tell us about your family and what that leadership in your home looks like these days. <laughs> it looks like survival. I've got <laughs> three young kids. <laughs> so I got yeah a boy who's seven, uh, a girl who's almost five and then a newborn, well, seven months old now. So, um, man, I swear, you know, some of, some of these days, my wife and I, this is probably a bad answer, but my wife and I just look at each other and just go, man, made it through another day. Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> everyone's healthy. Everyone's alive. No one swallowed anything weird. Okay, cool. Um, and so, you know, and, and sometimes I think we beat ourselves up because we think, man, we should kind of be out ahead of life and just really, you know, being strategic and, and amazing. Uh, there are certain seasons though, I believe that you just have to get through with your sanity and your morality intact. And I'll consider that a win. I'm kind mm -hmm. of in one of those seasons right now. Cause I got a full time yeah. job. I got side gigs. I got the book, I got little kids. And so right now it's just a matter of survival, feeding your soul as you go, though, that's huge, obviously, because often it's, it's so easy to neglect those core spiritual disciplines when you're in a busy season. So if I can do that, if I can start my day with God, get through the days, man, that's a win. I love that. So, and uh, how old are your kids? So seven, uh, just about five and seven months old. Seven, five and seven months. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that really is every single day. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I have the unique challenge too, since I work from home, I have a home office is uh, oh. keeping, keeping those little monkeys out of the, out of the room. So that's, <laughs> oh. so cool. I have, uh, yesterday I ended up working from home because I'm old and <laughs> jacked my knee up. Um, but I have a 10 year old, eight year old, six year old and a 14 month old. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I'm an man. amateur. Yeah. So that, how, so for me, I'm like, how do you work from home and not look like a jerk? Right. I On a consistent <laughs> basis. So for those listening who would love to work from their home more. So for, for some people it's like, Hey, my church may allow me to work from home or my business may allow me to work from home more, but I don't because you know, I, I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable there or I'm going to end up looking like a, a, a jerk. Like I feel like if I'm work from home. So what are some guidelines or what are some practical steps you would say to do that? Yeah. I mean, one of the things is to kind of have clear, like spatial boundaries between your life and work. And that's, I realize it's hard. So basically what I'm talking about is don't have your office in your bedroom if you can help it. Right. So where you're sleeping and then all of a sudden you're just going to slide out of bed and you're at work. Right. So if you can, I mean, I've got friends that do the whole, like they, they get this little shed that they put in the backyard and they go and work and it kind of just this psychological <laughs> move where they go, okay, I'm now in work mode because I'm in my little work shed. Um, <laughs> and for me, I, I have a nice little, you know, secluded, somewhat secluded office. And so that really helps. Yeah. People have said like the, the, the best thing about working from home is you can work anytime you want. The worst thing about working from home is you can work anytime you want 
right? And yeah, so true, often, true. you know, it's easy to say, ah, you know, I'm going to take off a couple hours this morning, but I'll do it tonight. And then it kind of bleeds over into the evening. Then your spouse starts resenting it and your kids, uh, because it seems like you're just working all the time. So you kind of have to be your own boss and go, listen, I'm working eight to five and then it's over. And then I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm not going to be jumping back on the computer. So yeah, just being disciplined when it comes to stop stopping working. That's hard, but it's absolutely essential. Um, and then for me, a unique challenge is my wife um, isn't working right now because uh, having little kids. And so she's parenting while I'm working. And, you know, I'll hear something going south, like one of the kids is melting down <laughs> something. And then I will shout parenting advice, which I think is really helpful, right? I'm not going to go and help, but I'll shout <laughs> some advice to her, which for some right, reason yeah. she doesn't appreciate. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, I either have to keep my mouth shut or go and help. Okay. So that's, that's just kind of my rule. Good deal. All right. Well, uh, our last question is, uh, you know, if you can go back and, and talk to 20 year old Drew, what would you tell him about preparing to lead? Wow. Yeah. I'd say, hang on to your hair, man. It's going to start to recede. Um, other than that though, other than that important advice, um, you know what I would, I would say to 20 year old Drew, pay more attention to your character than to your credentials. I didn't even mean to alliterate there, but that's just how, how, how spiritual I am, I guess, and how <laughs> close I am to so many preachers. Um, but seriously, because I think when you're 20 years old, okay, you're in this building phase of life, right? You're trying to uh, acquire new skills. You're trying to get degrees. You're trying to get some traction in your, in your, in the work world and build your resume. Those are great things. But often what I think young people and certainly I sometimes neglected was paying attention to your character, right? And ultimately mm -hmm. from a spiritual and a practical perspective, your character is what is ultimately going to carry you. It's going to safeguard your, your ministry and your, your life from destruction. We've seen in recent years, painful reminders of that in the church as people have these, these dramatic moral failings. Uh, and they had all the talent in the world. They were brilliant communicators. They had all the education, but at the end of the day, obviously that, that foundation of character was neglected. And so I would say, um, yeah, pay attention to that. Don't sit, don't, don't neglect the little sins. Um, you know, be really attentive to that. And I don't want to sound legalistic because I'm not, I'm just saying, you know, cooperate with God's spirit in doing that kind of soul level work in your life. And that ultimately will bear far greater fruit than any skills or, or credentials you can acquire. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word. Well, thanks Drew so much for being on the podcast with us. Thanks guys. This has been fun. I really appreciate it. And of course, Daniel, it's great to talk to a fellow Canadian. I tell everyone that, that people are watching the wrong border. It's the Canadian border. That's, that's where all the troublemakers are coming down from. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have my three anchor babies though. So I think I'm here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. So I, you know, this book, your book's been out for, did you, did you say five months now? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Wow. January. Yeah. So it's been out yeah. for a little bit. Okay. So since coming out, cause I mean, if it was out in January, I mean, you finished writing it the year before. So, I mean, is there anything that you'd change? You know, there are some things I'd add. 
Certainly. Yeah. So one thing, and, and some people have brought this up with me, you know, um, there are studies that show that if you, for instance, have a chronic illness or chronic pain, it actually depletes your willpower. Um, and we know that, that willpower is this finite resource that can be depleted by things like doing difficult tasks or resisting mm-hmm. temptation and your, your willpower actually goes down. It's a finite resource. Um, pain also does that chronic conditions. So for a lot of people that I talk to that go, man, I just, you know, my willpower is so weak and I've got these real hard challenges in my life. I go, man, cut yourself some slack, you know, (laughs) Uh, maybe moderate your, your goals. If if you're trying to do things that are too lofty. Another thing that I would say is all the advice, which of course I think is valuable because I wrote it in the book is useless. If you don't do one thing, if you don't get enough sleep, honestly, Mm -hmm. getting enough sleep is huge because man, nothing will sap your willpower and make you more vulnerable to temptation than getting crappy sleeps. Um, and I think we just know that intuitively, but the research on this bears it out. And so sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is get a good night's sleep. Yeah, you're right on the willpower thing. I mean, anytime my back goes out, it's just, it's just hard to do anything. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's just like, like the willpower part, <laughs> the willpower part. I mean, it's physically there's that aspect, but just willpower wise, you're right. It's just, it really does, especially if it's going on for multiple days, it really does sap all your energy. It sure does. It's distracting. It's discouraging. And just, it, it has a physiological and a psychological toll on you. So, and then that's not an excuse, of course, for people to go, okay, well, that's it. I've got this problem. I, I'm not even going to try, but it just means that you have to be realistic about what you're dealing with when you have those kind of challenges. Well, Drew, thank you so much for being on. Uh, Again, you know, if um, if somebody's following the leadership space, they probably already uh, follow you. But I would say um, look him up, uh, look up his books, look up his articles. They'll be they'll be fairly easy to find. Uh, Thanks so much for being on. And we really appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. This has been a fun conversation. Awesome.